Hello there. Welcome to the Oblivious Maximus podcast for another episode. I'm Aaron Osborne, your host. This week, my guest is Danny. Danny just started doing the From the Hips podcast, and she used to work for Resist Records and Common Bond Records, and spent a large portion of my uh, time in I Exist helping us do basically everything when she worked at Resist. So it was awesome to have Danny on to chat about her podcast, but also to talk about a record she really likes. And she picked a fucking ripper. She picked Middle of Nowhere by Hanson. Yes, Mbop Hanson. <laughs> and it is a very good record, surprisingly, something I haven't listened to in full before. Um, so it was sick to talk to Danny about a record that she loves um, and something she loved from when she was much younger, but also the whole point of doing this podcast was to listen to records that I haven't really listened to before, and to my surprise, I hadn't heard any of the other songs off this other than Mbop. Um, So yeah, please enjoy us chatting about that, but also go check out Danny's podcast, From the Hips. Um, I'll put a link to it in the show notes for this. Um, It's out everywhere you can find it and also through the uh cold snap records uh Bandcamp. so go to one of those places i'll put links in this um and enjoy danny and i talking about a record she really likes hansen's middle of nowhere this is episode 95 of the oblivious maximus podcast with danny from from the hips enjoy fucking brutal Danny, thank you for doing the podcast with me. Thank you for having me. Pleasure. Um, all right. So this is a bit of a um, out of left field record in the scope of what other people <laughs> have chosen for this podcast. But that's pretty much the entire reason why I wanted to do this. So good job. Um, you've picked it. Now, it's not the first, but it's like the first proper record by them. Is that fair to say yeah um from my understanding it was the first but now i'm now i'm like oh my god have i forgot i've my done knowledge i've done some deep dive fact checking but regardless <laughs> regardless this is the you know the arguably the the best by way of its singles oh, by far it is probably their all-time greatest aside from um the special um you know seasonal edition album i um you are the, I mentioned yeah so this is middle of nowhere by hansen is um, yes the record. <laughs> and i will i will wholeheartedly admit that i've never prior to this listened to the record in full <laughs> mm-hmm. only the classic song mbop but <laughs> it's a good look, record i look, actually liked it look there is like it takes you on such a ride. There's so many feelings on there. And oh, I've been re-listening since I chose it. And I'm just like, damn, every single song is a banger. Like, So why, to- why, why did you pick this one then? Okay. So um, ever since I was little, mm-hmm. I loved Hanson. 
but like full on blown obsession with Hanson. Mm. Um, in terms of, I would get their limited edition, you know, five dollar singles from HMV when you could, yep. you know. Um, I got the VHS when I got to go for my twelfth birthday to Wonderland in Sydney. I got my picture with the cardboard cutout, and um, <laughs> why was there a cardboard cutout at Wonderland? <laughs> well, you know, I guess it's like. Um, Get your photo taken with the stars, and it's uh, meant okay. to, yeah, and it's meant to look like you are uh, standing with them, right? Mm-hmm. Except I was like eleven or twelve, and I was way too short, and so you see the bottom of the cardboard cut out, and you see me. So <laughs> that's good. <laughs> it's really good, um, and so I guess it's just something that stuck with me. And even when I first, when I first got my first car, which is not that long ago. The album that I wanted to play as my first ever listen was Hanson's Middle of Nowhere. So, you gotta break it in with a classic, you know? So, I don't know. And I think also, like, I've, I've tortured my family every single year with the Hanson Christmas album, too, but you can't go past the classic. Well, maybe we can. That, that was the other record that you were going to choose. So, maybe. Yes. Maybe, maybe if. If I'm still doing this in December, which I assume I will be, we can do a Christmas episode, and that can. Oh be that. my god, I feel like everyone will just—it's oh, well, just such a great addition. And I'm expecting <laughs> this this episode to be very successful based on the Hanson fans listening. So we'll we'll, <laughs> we'll really um we'll really well, crank it out again for them at the end of the yeah. year. Yeah. Well, I know it's your main demographic, so you know <laughs> that's true. Um. All right, I'm going to launch into some facts that I found out about them. Oh, please hit me. So, the 6th of May is apparently Hanson Day. What? Were you Who aware of that? This? I don't know. So, it was like, I guess it was declared in celebration of the release of the record. And then, I guess, some like mega fans still celebrate it. Well, did you know that they're still, I don't know if still, but like, Really recently, they were still like releasing albums, going on tour, mm. um, and all that kind of stuff. So I can imagine those who didn't drop out and get into hardcore for a minute um, probably still celebrate and are on like message boards or whatever people have these days. Still for the sixth- actively following, yeah, in Korea, yeah, yeah. Um, so another funny little fact that I put in here was. Um, so when they so for the the twenty first anniversary of the band, mm-hmm. they they launched a limited edition craft beer. Yes! Oh my god! Mhops! <laughs> yes! Yes! Okay, I'm go- so you knew that one. That's okay. a good one. <laughs> so Mhops, it comes in a green bottle. Um, <laughs> it was only sold in about like four different states in the US. Yeah. And when I was living in Canada, I actually asked um, one of my friends, uh, Billy from Silverstein, he's super into beer as well. Mm-hmm. And I was like, please, 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 if you see Mhops while you're on tour, can you please get me a bottle? Um, it didn't eventuate. So if anyone ever in the universe can find me an Mhops, this is where you got to get it to. I mean, the yeah. the other thing that I found out about it was. <laughs> They launched the launch of Mhops was at the Hangover Three premiere, <laughs> and I was just and as I read that sentence, I was like, "This could not be weirder." <laughs> like, I mean, 
it couldn't be weirder for like so many factors <laughs> um most notably from memory um hansen a, a really strict religious yeah yeah so i can't like but i don't I know can't. maybe maybe that's a thing like because craft beer is not really a thing for people who like really fucking get on the piss craft beer is kind of like a uh, well i mean i don't know <laughs> it is very alcoholic but i mean i get on the piss and i just drink the cheapest shit yeah in the world, i guess so. it's i guess it's like too expensive to get on mm. the piss on craft beer right yeah so it's like you have one and it's like 10 percent, and it knocks you around a little bit and then you're oh, done well, true 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 i also thought wouldn't it be great if the hops was actually non-alcoholic because at first i was thinking um hansen young kids and then i was like wait no i'm 32 and hansen so. are definitely older than us so. yeah. <laughs> and so okay if um thinking about the band and the and the record a little bit so i guess yeah. i i assume like most people we're, we're roughly the same age and i think like yeah. this for me i mean the song was obviously fucking enormous but huge this was like this band was like the biggest thing for that song when we were kids because they were kids. Exactly. Um, and now that I was listening back to some of the lyrics, I was like, damn, who's writing these songs for them? Because they are way too young to <laughs> yeah. be singing about some of this stuff. Well, I I mean, I started yeah, deep diving into into info on it, but like... It is pretty fucking crazy that they, the three of them, have basically most of the writing credits for the whole record, which is quite surprising, but mainly surprising that they have all the credit for Mbop. There's no one else on the list for that. So they would be fucking loaded just by that. (laughs) I guess I never thought about the loaded part. I'm still definitely like, Salvador, I told you you can't come in here. Sorry. Um... (laughs) I'm still definitely like, oh, my God, I can't believe they wrote all that. That's the coolest thing. Yeah. And that's what I think I was like when I probably was like, let me see. I've got the album here just so I know what year. Oh, look, you've brought it. It is 1997. Yeah. So I'm like nine or something yeah. like that. Um, and I think the thing was Zach Hansen's like one or two years older than me. Mm-hmm. And I thought, oh, my God, I could be like Hanson. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I think as well, because quite a lot of people, you know, in that time frame, definitely, you know, in school, thought one of them was a girl as well. I definitely thought Taylor was a girl. Yeah. Um, to the point that I argued on the way to a Parramatta Eels game <laughs> with my friend's older sister about that Taylor was a girl. Mm. So. I, I feel like it was one of those things that was like a hotly contested topic in school grounds. And then oh. it was covered very firmly in some like, you know, one of those like K-Zone magazines or something like that. And it was like the three yes. boys from Hanson. Let's get the yep. record straight. <laughs> like- yeah, totally. It was like the biggest music scoop you could think of. <laughs> The biggest scoop music scoop for kids in grade five. <laughs> yeah, totally. I mean, I'm sure there was adults out there. Oh, that's just a pack of young girls writing some music. <laughs> except for except for poor Isaac. No one ever thought he no, was a girl. He looked mm. very much like a boy. Yeah. Um, 
So, <clears throat> this record has sold 10 million copies. It has gone five times platinum in Australia. <laughs> and, wow. like, I mean, it, yeah, if you, like, just thinking about, like, the fact that they actually, they were chilled, straight up kids when they wrote the record. Yeah. Like, I think it said between, when it was recorded and released, the start of recording and then the end of the release, they were between the ages of 10 and 16. Yes, yep. So, which is like insane to think that a 10-year-old had a writing credit for arguably one of the biggest pop songs of the 90s, for sure. Yeah. And like has managed to... You know, that it's again, I mean, it's not that surprising, but I guess in the scope of the other artists, like other child artists or whatever, they're still a band. They're still playing shows. Yeah. They're still touring. Like, obviously, people like the music beyond this single, but man, just having that one, having that one song that you've, all of the money's coming to you three, basically, other than publishing or whatever, but all the money's coming to you three for writing it. And I'm sure it's still getting played in ads. It's probably still getting played on like VH1 and MTV and all the throwback playlists and stuff, you know? Like, I mean, imagine if they got money for every time I played it too. Well, you know, maybe they have hooked into your CD player in your car. Who knows? I mean... <laughs> you could throw up some royalties if you want. Uh, <laughs> what, what's the going rate these days? <laughs> I think it's like... 0.0058 or something. Okay, cool. I'll uh, chuck them about 50 cents. <laughs> yeah, that's good. You can do you can afford that. Yeah. Um All right. So for you, when when did this record become like obviously you mentioned that you were a super fan and you mm -hmm. sent me some photos of supportive evidence <laughs> of that, which is which is quite yeah. nice to see. Yeah. Um when did like, did it, is this a record to you now that you still are like, as an adult, still like, I got to chuck this thing on and listen to it? Yes. Yeah. Um, there is definitely some of the songs on there, like, okay, it's going to get deep for a sec. Please. So, like, um, the song With You, oh, hang on. Yeah, no. Um, no. Okay, so I will come to you very emo. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so I will come to you I think was just like it had me at a really sad time when mm -hmm. I was a little kid. Um which seems funny but when I was around that age um my stepbrother passed away. He mm -hmm. was he was 4. And so as a 9-year-old trying to grapple with mm. your brother passing away, um that song was something that kind of helped me to understand sadness maybe. Yeah. Um and then With You and Your Dreams is a song that I want at my funeral, which is like funny and sad all at the same time. So that's how much the album still kind of means to me. Like there's just yeah. all these songs. And then when I was reading over it again or listening, sorry, a lot of the songs I realized actually probably for, you know, in primary school I was – I was the odd kid that was going to be an actor and a, a dramatic person forever. Mm -hmm. um, all those songs kind of that tell you that you're weird on the on the album because you listen to it. Yeah. 
Um, I think they must have really hit some notes because, yeah, the re-listens, I'm still like, oh, wow, that's how I must have learned this or that's how yeah, right. I must have had, like, I don't know, some weird kid confidence and stuff. Yeah, it's. I mean, <clears throat> the that song, I'll Come to You, I, I just made a note that it was just like, this is a serious, like, 90s, oh, soulful, yeah. like, love song. Like, and it's, oh, oh, yeah. And it's very, actually very, aside from, like, the, the pitch of their voices, it is, <laughs> it, is, it is quite mature sounding for, like, children. Like, the, the song is, the song is like a, you know, I think the, the funny thing that I, again, I didn't realize until I looked into it, is that, like, Mbop itself, there's an earlier version of it that's, like, a slow song, basically. Like, it's, like, acoustic. Oh. Wow. And so the version that's on this record became kind of like kind of a more pop song because of the guys that produced the record. Mm. The dudes that produced the record made Paul's Boutique by the Beastie Boys. Okay. And did like I think like a Sonic Youth record or something and I guess they were kind of like told by the label like these are fun kids, we got to make this album more fun. Like cuz yeah. it's it's a bit too serious and a bit too Maybe that like makes sense. downbeat or whatever, but I guess they were, you know, had the wherewithal, I suppose, to push back a little bit on quite a majority of the record. Because I think for the most part, like the actual record itself is that that song Mbop is like the it is kind of the weird song on the record if you listen to the whole thing, really. Mm, yeah, totally. Um, but you know, you gotta obviously they're making pop music, so you gotta have that. But I mean, the record as a whole, like, I actually really liked it. And I actually really, that that song, I'll Come To You, just, I put it in a playlist because it's good. Yes, that's the best. So, this is, this is a, you know, a changing moment for me, listening listening to this record in full. You are so welcome. Yeah, thank you. You've, you've, changed, you've changed my week this week. But, yeah, I think um, because um, if I recall some of my weird hands and trivia, before they were releasing the album and things like that, they were singing a lot um, in church and just as a family. Yeah. Um, yeah, because I think from memory, like, they have a younger sibling and Zach is a twin. Right. So I think, like, you could have had um, whatever that really old show where everyone was in a band together. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So it could have been really, like, kitschy and weird but um i think they cut the family members off at the right time three only you're not gonna make it guys sorry you don't fit the the brand the handsome brand but i think like what you were saying about the fact that um the producers tried to be like their kids and having fun um they speak to that a little bit on the vhs um about making the film clip and i don't know if you've ever youtubed it but um, I've not YouTubed the VHS, okay. but I, I will now. <laughs> yeah, so Weekend um, Video Hits, it was definitely one of my favourite. I think I have it recorded still on VHS. Um, the film clip is, like, very 90s. They're, like, dancing around in front of, like, projections of flowers. Yeah. And um, to me, some of the stuff they're doing is very, like, innocent jackass skits. Sure, yeah, yeah. Like, um, they maybe were the first, they probably weren't the first innovators of being, you know, a bit, bit of a larrikins. The, the pioneers of punking <laughs> people or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So, it was just... Um... Well, that that was the other thing that I like thought was interesting about, yeah, again, like reading it more. So, I guess this this record is 
and I didn't realize this either, but this record is one of the records that's associated with like killing grunge music, basically, because Ooh. because of like the the look of the band and the aesthetic of the videos. Like the people that made the videos, and same with the record, like the the people that produced it produced a lot of that stuff from the nineties. But I guess the the people that made the music videos for this record were all the people that made like the grunge music videos. So that that makes a lot of sense to me. Yeah. Yeah, and so they're like, and like what you just said about how it looks and stuff. Like it re- it pulled really on that nineties vibe, and I think the reason was like the pop music label that was putting this record out was like oh this stuff is cool right now this grunge stuff is cool we have to that's what yeah. we got to make these kids look like but their music was not obviously not that at all they definitely they won me over well it, it's they, and it's, it worked it's quite and i actually thought i actually thought to myself when reading that and thinking about it was like so that was like the the signifier of like grunge dying, and then I just thought it was like quite funny thinking about how over the last like five or six years there was this weird bizarre resurgence of like the vibe and the look of grunge in hardcore. Yes. Oh my gosh, <laughs> totally. So maybe maybe this is like quite fitting, and we're actually helping people out. Like- yeah, we're 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 giving you a reference point if you want to go back and look for some more inspiration. <laughs> turn to Hanson, and I can actually tell you what what it also was it was a very big like oversized hockey football type jersey shirts um bucket hats (laughs) cargo shorts um hawaiian shirts and also we need to bring back like um those tiny megaphones that make weird sound effects oh yeah okay Uh, yak back (laughs) (laughs) yep okay yeah I haven't, yeah, heard so- that, I haven't heard that word in, since I was a child. <laughs> um, I wanted one so bad. <laughs> well, I mean, that, and I guess to me listening to it, like listening to the, you know, the big single really threw me back to like, um, yeah, just being a kid, obviously. But then thinking about it in the scope of putting out a record too, like it must have been so fucking wild for these kids becoming oh. like the biggest thing ever off off this song that is actually like kind of old for them yeah so when they uh released the second single which was um where's the love Mm -hmm. they did a huge world tour kind of thing but they mostly like focused on japan and things like that because they just blew up in Japan. Yeah. And I've seen the footage. Again, I'm going back to the VHS because I've watched it so many times. It's a but good it point sh- of reference, clearly. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's called Tulsa, Tokyo in the middle of nowhere, just in case anyone What's wanted to know. Up? Yep. Um, it shows the footage of them on that tour. I don't know if the album's out yet or if it's coming out. And they're in a Tokyo mall and they're getting like physically swarmed by people. Yeah. And they're just like these three young kids kind of being like, this is crazy. Yeah. Like, this is absolutely insane. I mean, I think, and it's, it's again, like I mentioned before, I mean, maybe, I don't want to say it is, but maybe it is being hyper-religious as well. But like so many people who find fame at that age just have absolute meltdowns. Like, I mean, obviously, you know, Michael Jackson's a pretty good, image of what that is like being very very famous when you're very young and then your life just falling apart but i think i think with a lot of those people 
it has to do with how their family responds to it. Like, I think someone like him, it's quite clear that like his entire family was basically using him <laughs> as a money train as well. Yep. Whereas yeah. these guys, maybe they had a little bit more protection well, from that or something. I think from from reading all my fact books and mm. uh, whatever those magazines back in the day would have been, um, a lot of the time when they weren't touring or making music, they were at home, like you said, with their family and they were all homeschooled and yeah. because they were all very religious, it was kind of, I think they were able to, like I'm speaking as if I know them personally, but I think <laughs> they were able to, to keep it all um, kind of separate. And so, you know, there wasn't, I don't think, a, a lot of like, say, I guess the equivalent would have been like one direction. I was going to say five direction. That's not a band. Yep. Uh, <laughs> one direction. You know, and like even when they were still quite young, all the gossip about them was crazy. But I don't recall anything kind of like that about Hanson. Yeah. Well, may- and maybe as well if they're being like effectively protected by their family instead of exploited by them. That, true, that is true. That is a good way to help that. I mean, because yeah. I think even like, you know, there's even things like um, it's it's much different and she obviously wasn't as young, but like Beyonce has, mm. you know, when she started basically her whole surrounding like management, all that stuff was all her family and have, they have all since been fired. <laughs> like, for sure. Like none of them work for her anymore. And yeah. from the sounds of things, because they were basically like, Oh, the kids got it. Like everyone hands in. <laughs> like yeah, know. yeah, yeah, yeah. Because no, I definitely understand what you mean about Beyonce. Because I feel like there's been interviews where they speak about like how her dad is the one that has supported her. But to me, supporting read a lot like pushed. Oh so, yeah. yeah, you know. <laughs> oh yeah, and I mean, and I think that that's even the same as like, um, you know, not. Obviously, like, Justin Timberlake got it together, but yeah, yeah. the other people that he was surrounded by Ooh. in that age bracket just have all fallen apart. And even, like, I mean, Aaron Carter, like, oh, someone posted man. a photo of him on the internet the other day and it was like, oh, boy, uh, this poor let's, kid. Let's be honest. I don't. I think he was the crazy little party boy. Ha, 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 ha. That's a good dad joke. <laughs> he, 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 like... I mean, he has a face tattoo of Rihanna on his face. So. Look, you know, if I could have a face tattoo of Zach Hansen, I would. If but... you were in an industry that allowed face tattoos of 90s oh, yeah. pop singers, you'd be doing mm-hmm. it. Uh, I don't know who I'd get a face tattoo of, actually. That's a good question. Some, who's re- something it's like, to think who's about. Actually- <laughs> I'm like, who's actually... Not too bad looking that I wouldn't mind their face on my face forever. <laughs> um, all right. Well, I'm the couple other facts that I have that I found on here, that, which were quite interesting to me, is that they've been on an episode of Neighbours. <gasps> so how how dare? Yeah, I was quite quite shocked by that. But I guess they came here recently, in maybe like five years ago or something. Yeah, and yep. did like a big press tour, and part of the press tour was being on Neighbours. Oh wow, which is very interesting. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> and my other big fact was that, as an April Fool's joke, they filmed a video of themselves playing a cover of a Slipknot song, <laughs> and 
it is actually quite good. So my my dudes. <laughs> so really, they they tied it around to nicely to being featured on a podcast that's predominantly been talking about metal and hardcore records. So. <laughs> yeah, I mean that's sick. Yeah, so if you if you have, I think it was like two and a half minutes long. Go just type in Hanson Slipknot cover and you can see a video of them playing Wait and Bleed in a hotel room on acoustic guitars. It's very um, it's very good. That's exactly what I'm doing when we <laughs> uh, stop recording. <laughs> so is this, is listening to Hanson, obviously other than choosing it for a podcast where you're asked to pick mm-hmm. a record, yep. is this a record you would recommend to people? Definitely. And what would be your recommendation? Like, why would you suggest, p- tell people to listen to it? Okay, so I'm saying you're trying to have a good time. Mm-hmm. You want to have a light listen that you don't have to actually pay too much attention to. Maybe you're hanging out with your friends. Maybe you're going to the beach. And, uh, yeah, mostly it's just like a funny throwback. But also, like we said, there's some there's some really sad songs on there. So yeah. Maybe you want to feel some feels, but not too deep. <laughs> I I was quite surprised, I would say, that I put it on and after after it got a bit deeper into the record, there's certainly been a couple records where that since doing this, I've like had to look at my phone and be like, how much more how we much? got? <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, how, much, yeah. how many more of these songs am I listening to? But this certainly was not that. Like, this just smoothed easily into the background like any other soulfully 90 pop record would yep did you get to the secret track what is the secret track i just listened to the oh. whatever the whole thing is on spotify oh, okay uh because i'm still rocking the cd You're still um, on the, disc. <laughs> the man from milwaukee yes i did okay yeah that's the that's last song it. it's also it. a good song it's a good song, and I think when I was younger, it was this song that I was like, whoa, man, what even is Milwaukee? <laughs> they were teaching you geography as well. You they didn't did. even know that. No, not even. But yeah, no, it is. It's one of those albums, I think, as well. There's not necessarily a song that I would go, oh, skip, skip. It just yeah. like kind of flows so easily. Well, yeah, and I mean, I think because the like the rest of the record just is kind of it's obviously like very like blues and older like R and B influenced as well, despite being like relatively like straightforward instrumentally, like a, a keyboard player, a guitar player, and a drummer. Like it's, it's yeah. pretty simple setup, but like I mean, yeah, for 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 what it is, and as well in the context that uh, one of the people in the band, the drummer. You know, which is something you can very easily pick out if it's shit. The drummer was fucking 10 years old or 11, 10 or 11 when he recorded it, which is I know. crazy. Like it, it made me want to learn how to play drums. And when I realized how hard drums are to play, I, I still was like, what, what, like how? I, I mean, I started playing drums when I was maybe 14 and I can only imagine that I could not play drums as like tight for pop music as he is doing this net at like now as like a thir- near thirty two year old myself. I don't think I could do that now. Like, but like he's also singing. Yeah. <laughs> like. Yeah. What? <laughs> yeah. Like 
to me, I think like concentrating on an instrument is like hard enough. Add in that you have to sing and play oh, the yeah. instrument at the same time, and then add in that you're ten years old. See, I mean, I just started. What? You know, we just started a band where I play guitar and yell. Not even have to think about notes. It's just bu- burning out yelling, and that is straight up the hardest thing I've ever had to do musically. <laughs> so, like, wow. I don't yeah. know how a ten year old would go. Oh yeah, like I, I cannot for the life of me while playing drums even like think about something other than exactly what I'm doing. (laughs) And I think the crazy thing as well is like from memory, all of them can play multiple instruments. Mm. Like it's not like just one of them. That's just what they perform as. But I'm pretty sure. Yeah, I think I think on like the recording credits on the Internet, it said that they like. I mean, I said I think it said all of them played like at least five things. Like it wasn't just singing and drums or whatever. It was like singing, drums, guitar, bass, keyboards, blah blah. blah, You know. Yep, totally. That always. That's yeah. Well, you know, I guess these pent up religious people are doing a doing a bit of practice if they're not doing anything else, which is obviously really good for their record. Yeah, for sure. Um. All right, it wouldn't be a true podcast without talking to you about the things that you are doing in your life as well. So, mm-hmm. kind of the the push of chatting to you on this is because you have started doing your own podcast as well. Yes, as finally of today. I have. I, I know. <laughs> I, um, I, like, hesitated for so long about it. And then yesterday it was kind of like, all right, it's, it's go time. And so, From the Hips has been born which is uh, is what it is. And um, I guess hopefully it'll be like a different aspect on hardcore and, and music than we've heard before. Sure. I don't know. And what, yeah. what was like, what, what was the push to do it? That? To hear something different? Um, the push was definitely to hear something different. Um, and the more that I'm delving into it, I'm realizing it's almost like I can finally talk to people that I always looked up to or were, were curious about mm-hmm. when I was involved in music. But there was such this, um, no one was allowed to be friends with each other if you're a girl because it was as if you had to compete for who was allowed to be the girl that was mm-hmm. friends with people. Um, so... I don't know. I just want to hear how other people felt about things. and Yeah. And I mean, <sighs> I suppose for, I suppose as well, like it's a, you know, a particular time where lots of people are doing podcasts, which I mean, I, I have, I have no issues with it. And obviously the, at the moment when all this has popped up, I was ex- in the exact same boat. Like I had effectively stopped doing this and the whole reason I started doing it again was because, I got trapped in my house like yeah. like everyone else. But yep. and and this was when I was doing this previous like this was always the the funnest part about doing this was meeting people and talking to people particularly that I hadn't talked to in a while and then like mm. even just like you posting about doing it immediately I was like, "Oh, that's great because then now it's a way to hear, you know, and I, I don't know. I think I've talked about it before, obviously, but you and I used to talk pretty regularly because you basically mm-hmm. did everything for I Exist. <laughs> so. Yeah, yeah. And I think, like, you know, another part is also 
as if I'm having a little bit of a tantrum, you know, like um, <laughs> I'm not going to lie. Uh, I feel like part of it is me going, hey, guys, hey, guys, hey, guys. Like, has anyone thought about me? That's okay. <laughs> so, so it's like it's a little bit selfish, but. Um, oh, well, but I mean, if you're, if you're doing a podcast and you're trying to pretend like it's not selfish, <laughs> then you're an absolute joke. Like, That's so true. <laughs> I'm definitely not, not going to sit here and say, like, I do this and I'm like, oh, it's all about the other person. Don't, don't worry about me at all. Like, <laughs> and I think, I think, like, something I've covered off on this many times and that you even sort of touched on before is, like, playing music and doing stuff like this and being the people that we are like you kind of want people to pay attention to you like if you didn't oh, if you did, yeah. if you didn't want people to pay attention to you you wouldn't play in a band or you wouldn't do drama or you wouldn't you know it's like, so true it's like um it's almost like this little social circle that's like introverted extroverts mm-hmm. like we all want to be like, we're so weird and we're so different, but also everyone pay attention to me because I'm kind of the coolest about not being cool. <laughs> um, and so, yeah, but I think mostly there's like, there's so many people I think from uh, when I was working at Resist and, you know, going to shows that I haven't heard from on anyone else's podcast or I haven't heard from in anyone else's, you know, web zines or whatever people put out. And I'm just kind of like, wow, those people were really huge and did a lot. Like, I want to hear about their experiences, not sure. just the not just the same five guys forever. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so, is that is the is the plan to sort of just like, do you have a plan for it with talking to people regularly and things like that, or are you just sort of freestyling oh, it at the moment? No, totally. Okay, so now that I've got my act together, um, I actually have a list of people that I want to speak to and the list is like very ambitious I think on my personal list it's Mm -hmm. like 40 people already great Um, and I already have the yes I'll be on that for sure from at least like five or six people that's awesome I mean I think so yeah I mean like the the hardest part with doing this stuff is just doing the first one like just oh yeah getting getting it set up is the hardest aspect (laughs) i think it's like for me i was just like a little bit scared of what people would think Mm -hmm. but i guess i'm going into it to find out about other people's experiences because i'm curious so if other people like it that's cool and if they don't then that's also cool like whatever (laughs) yeah well, I mean, I think that's the best way to look at doing anything creative, really, because like that's if you, true. <laughs> yeah. if, if you had, if you cared about everything, people that you know, if you cared about everything that everyone said, then you'd fucking never get anywhere. But look, I'd, I'd probably just be in my room crying or something. <laughs> well, let's hope it doesn't get to that point. No, but I don't think it will. No, me either. I'm actually excited to um, get people's input like just to find out who who other people might want to hear from um that they never have or if there's like questions that people have been curious about that hasn't been brought up on other podcasts like i'm super into the idea of it being like open to people's collaborations like yeah and i mean i think i think that's the that's again like a good thing at the moment too with everyone being kind of you know, I don't want to harp on too much about like everyone being stuck at home and things like that. But the, yeah. <laughs> the, the reality is like 
that this is the time we're in right now. <laughs> like yeah, it is, for sure. I mean, I think people are definitely very, you know, taking in a lot of this stuff because they have a lot more time to do it. And, you know, certainly like I'm listening to a lot more podcasts right now simply for the sake and particularly of, you know, people that I know that are making them simply for the sake of like actually being able to connect with people that I want to hear from and that I like that aren't just the like 40 people that I work with who I you know mm-hmm. are all very yeah. nice they're all very nice oh, people but like, yeah <laughs> but how many zooms can you have with the same people oh, you know yeah. and and I'm sure like the same five jokes that I'm telling are getting boring for them every time I'm telling them Aww. so I'm sure they feel the same way about me as I do about them for sure and I think like um it's almost something that is able to keep people a little bit sane, which I think is what you were you were trying to allude to. Yeah. But but to me, I find because we are all kind of stuck at home, it, a lot of people are going through a lot of like self reflection and working out where they're at in life and yeah and whatever else and and I think that really plays into the nostalgia and and thinking back on things that we love and have experienced yeah yeah i mean i think i think for me too like the the cool part of like well doing this particularly is like you know i guess when i started doing this again the idea was like well okay i can't talk to people and i can't see people at the pub which are the two things that i like doing and when i do that i often talk about music or it's at a show or whatever yeah. So I can't do that. So how can I replicate that? And then I was like, oh, well, I could just do the podcast again. <laughs> and then I could yeah. just, that would be an easy way to do it. But it, it's turned into the, the idea for me more now is like, oh, if I make it about music and make it about records, then there's like a purpose to talk to whoever. It doesn't yeah. matter who they are. It doesn't matter what they do. We can just talk about a record and it's fun. Um, but I mean, for sure, for me, there's been such a big aspect of doing this that is about. I don't know, trying to think about things and experiences that I've had that have been fun. And I mean, a a big thing for me too, which is really weird for me is that like, while my, you know, my life isn't very chaotic in the grand scheme of things, but like, while when I'm at work and doing band stuff and whatever, my things like my sleeping pattern were really normal and everything I did was quite into quite a routine and like going into this lockdown working from home type situation was like the first time in my life I've ever been like, I wasn't able to go to sleep. I had to start listening to like meditation stuff to go to sleep. And so, and I was like, yeah, what the fuck's going on with me? Like what's happened to my brain in this, just totally. from just being told I can't see people. You know? Well, I think it's like, um, you know, we all crave connections and, you know, yours is obviously really big through music and music is probably something that helped keep you balanced regardless of the interaction with other people so i think if you remove like it's almost like those old games kaplunk with the little sticks you pull out (laughs) in the balls yep like right now we've got like one or two sticks and balls (laughs) are just like (laughs) they're flying everywhere that is a very good analogy for what this is yeah yeah well i mean yeah I, i certainly feel that i mean I think I, I just think as well, like it's really cool that um, I think it's really cool that you're doing this because it's, yeah, certainly, um, you know, trying to trying to get, I guess, people to tell stories that maybe other people hadn't heard before or get the input from people that I guess don't have a, 
a light shone on them as much. And I guess that that was kind of kind of a similar thing when I started doing this that I wanted to try and do, but then it inevitably, you know, turned into a, like a lot of things turned into just talking to the same people that everyone talks to and talking to the same people that want to say yes all the time, which is which is also totally fine. Totally fine. And I mean, like, I do recall when you did start it, like it was a lot of people that I hadn't seen being interviewed or spoken to before. And I was like, this is really awesome. Um, and <laughs> yeah, like you said, I think it, it does just end up turning into, you know, people that are into the same thing or like love having a chat. Yeah. Are going to be, are going to say yes, like you said. And oh, they, yeah. then, and then they're going to be the people that are always going to have the spotlight because they're willing to step up and take it. Yeah. And I, I mean, I think, I think if anything, all that, all that does suggest to me though, is that like, you know, obviously I'm not saying everyone needs to go and do a podcast, but like, <laughs> you know, there's, there's plenty, but like if, you know, I, I do think that like it, the, the thing for me with this is though, was that like, I mean, I think, I think everyone has a real, has a right obviously to be creative and a right to express their feelings how they want. And I think, um, a cool thing with this platform is that basically anyone could do it. Like it's, it's very simple to get it going. I mean, it's annoying, <laughs> technically annoying, but it, 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 once you get it up and running, it's pretty, it's pretty uh, simple to maintain. But I mean, I think, I think the big thing for me that came from this is that like, it just really helped me continue to connect with people. And it really helped me continue to learn from people as well. And also like, when I didn't do things that were like maybe people didn't like, then I found out very quickly that they didn't <laughs> like it, you know. And- yeah, for sure. I I think um oh my god, I just had a mental blank, but I think it was to me as well, starting it was like I always wanted to start a band, right? And mm-hmm. then I was like, Oh, I'm not actually very good at any of that. <laughs> Um, hence I worked at a label, not in a band. Um, and then I I always wanted to do a zine. People don't really care. Well, they do, but not really. It's very niche. Mm -hmm. Um, and then, um, I guess when it gets down to it, you still need that outlet of expression. Yeah. So, so it could have been this or it could have been like slam poetry, and, uh, well, I you think- still have the opportunity to do slam poetry on a podcast as well. Well, I'm not going to lie. I'm definitely going to bring back, um, and you probably don't remember this, but there was a point in time, I think I just moved back from Canada. I was still working at Resist, and I would record myself saying hardcore lyrics as slam poetry, and then I would get people to guess what band it was, and it was like the most fun I've ever had because sometimes if you like say some of like the bigger band lyrics as slam oh. poetry oh man i would say most most lyrics <laughs> from any alternative band to slam poetry are pretty it's, pretty on, it's, on point it's it's actually like i think it's one of the most fun things aside from when i tried to recreate album covers that i've ever done <laughs> <laughs> so is this going to be a recurring segment on the podcast you just retelling lyrics oh shit i didn't think of that that would be awesome no oh. um what we've toyed with is um, me just recording me um, trying to sing the breakdowns in certain songs. <laughs> the lyrics um, or the, the music No, itself? the beat. The oh, music. Okay, good, the, good. 
the music, I like that. the music part of it. Um, That's good. And I, th- I think the first one that I did was like an, a, a day to remember one or something. Okay. And it's like the start of one of the songs. Um, but we'll see. That might be a special, special thing I'll pop in there. So, uh, a big reason to tune into the From the Hips podcast is to hear oh, oh, yeah. the vocal version of a day to remember breakdowns. <laughs> um, yeah, that's probably <laughs> it. Otherwise, um, I could just yeah, maybe it's a karaoke. Maybe I'll try and sing some of my favorite songs, but like off the top of my head, who knows? Well, the absolute you know joy you have here is that. You can do whatever you want. So, people, get prepared. I know. I know. <laughs> um, the, my first, like, guest that isn't myself, though, is going to be Alex Katala, who sang for <laughs> Manhunt. Yep. Um, so, I'm super excited because I feel like Manhunt were huge when they yeah. were doing music. And I, I really loved that band. And um, It's I'm a sure bummer they were- that they're not a band anymore. That's what I was going to say. Like, I, I'm pretty sure there was a reason. I can't remember if people know that reason. So, um, and and to me as well, I think Alex was super inspiring. Like, she was someone that I, I saw that was out there and kind of like, in my mind, not taking any shit from people and helping other bands and mm. all this kind of stuff. But I kind of want to want to be like, hey, where'd you go? What happened? Yeah, that's sick. Well... I can't wait to listen to that. Yeah, it's going to be awesome. All right. Well, thank you for doing this with me. I appreciate it. Well, thanks for having me. Pleasure. And letting me and letting me pick Hanson. <laughs> and, you know, letting you change a playlist for me forever. Oh, I'm just so excited about that. <laughs> <laughs>